0: Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Onion Unlimited, the podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridon, and in this episode, I will be concluding my review of the 1928 booklet, The Seven Thunders of Millennial Dawn by Methodist Minister B.H. Shaddock which was an early exposé of Charles Taze Russell's Millennial Dawn books and Rutherford's later writings. In earlier episodes of this podcast, we looked at how Russell had predicted certain amazing things for certain dates, and when those events failed to transpire, the dates in the Watchtower publications, and in one case, even the length of a chamber in the Great Pyramid of Giza, were simply reset like a slow running clock to fit the story after the fact of all the prophecies that russell and rutherford ever made not one single prophecy ever came true that's really quite some failure rate by any standard yet even today some jehovah's witnesses believe that russell predicted the first world war well he didn't This was exposed by Shaddock way back in 1928 on page 16 of his booklet. Shaddock wrote, Did Mr. Russell's books tell the date of the World War? They did, after it began. Three years after the war began, I first heard that Mr. Russell had foretold the exact date of the outbreak of the war – When I denied this, they gave me studies in the scriptures, and there it was, plain enough to astound the unwary. But when I compared these books with the earlier edition, called Millennial Dawn, the hoax was apparent. In Millennial Dawn, there were very positive statements that all trouble would be over before 1914. So, again, this was one of the many instances where the Watchtower publications were edited to hide the failed predictions and effectively to rewrite history, a common thing that cults do and what Jehovah's Witnesses still does, even in modern times. But it wasn't just failed date prophecies that Shaddock exposed. He also drew attention to what he called farcical expositions, On page 13 of the Seven Thunders he wrote Not only have their time periods utterly failed of fulfilment so that the calendar testifies against them but the expositions of scripture are so trifling that one wonders how normal minds could be enamoured of such doctrines. I offer some sample expositions found in Volume 7. The evil servant of Matthew 24 verse 48 is said to have been a Mr. Barber of Rochester, New York. The key to the bottomless pit is said to mean the key to nothing and nowhere and John Wesley was given this key. The tales of the locusts mentioned in Revelation 9 verses 3 to 10 are said to mean Methodist class leaders. And the lice that troubled Pharaoh and Egypt are understood to represent the Bible student monthly because this publication causes the people of the world, the devil and the clergy to scratch their heads many a time, wondering how to deal with a plague which they cannot duplicate. Now, Those applications may seem laughable to us now, especially the idea of the devil scratching his head when reading his copy of the Bible Student Monthly. But Watchtower's habit of applying significant Bible prophecies to mundane events continues even today. For example, the 1,335 days prophecy of Daniel chapter 12 Verse 12 is currently applied to the time period between a convention at Cedar Point, Ohio on September 3rd, 1922 and a London convention held in May 1926 when a resolution entitled A Testimony to the Rulers of the World was adopted by Jehovah's Witnesses as if that had any biblical significance whatsoever. Then there is the 2,300 days prophecy of Daniel 8 verse 14. The book, Pay Attention to Daniel's Prophecy, pages 177 to 179, explains For the holy place to be brought or restored to what it should be, the 2,300 days must have begun when it previously was in the right condition from God's standpoint. At the earliest, this was on June the 1st, 1938, when the Watchtower published part one of the article Organisation. Part two appeared in the issue of June 15th, 1938. Counting 2,300 days, six years, four months and 20 days on the Hebrew calendar from June 1st or 15th, 1938 brings us to October 8th, or 22nd 1944 on the first day of a special assembly held at pittsburgh pennsylvania usa on september 30 and october 1st 1944 the watchtower society's president spoke on the subject the theocratic alignment today at the annual corporate meeting on october the 2nd the Society's Charter was amended in an effort to bring it as close to a theocratic arrangement as the law would allow. With the publication of clarified biblical requirements, theocratic organisation was soon more fully installed in the congregations of Jehovah's Witnesses. In fact, the Watchtower of October 15th, 1944, contained an article entitled Organised for Final Work, it and other service-oriented articles of the same period indicated that the 2,300 days had ended and that the holy place was again in its right condition. I'm not going to lie, just reading that made my eyes glaze over. From the perspective of someone who is no longer a Jehovah's Witness, I can now see how ridiculous that explanation is To say that a Bible prophecy has anything to do with a two-part article published in the Watchtower, one part on June the 1st and the other on June the 15th, and then to count 2,300 days from either date to arrive at either October the 8th or the 22nd, and then to completely ignore both of those dates and focus in on a totally different date, September the 30th, the first day of a convention or was it October the 1st when Rutherford gave his talk or maybe October the 15th when another article about organisation was published in the Watchtower. I mean seriously but when you're a witness and subjected to this kind of constant indoctrination at meetings and in the publications this kind of nonsense just washes over you and you accept it as the truth, especially if it sounds deep and you can't come up with any better explanation yourself. But nothing comes close to being as crazy as the interpretation highlighted by Shaddock on page 14 of The Seven Thunders. This one relates to the establishment of the kingdom in Palestine, which the Bible students predicted for 1925. The scripture used to prove this is Genesis 15, verse 9, where Jehovah told Abraham to take a three year old heifer, a three year old female goat, a three year old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now, the cow she and ram were as stated in the verses each three years old so nine years in total but then somehow watchtower concludes that the combined ages of the turtle dove and pigeon are two years old added to the nine years brings you to a grand total of 11 years which in the hebrew lunar calendar amounts to 3960 days they then substitute days for years to give 3960 years and add that to the year 2035 bce which they claim was the year this interaction between god and abraham took place of course there's no actual proof that it was 2035 BCE or that the turtle dove and pigeon were two years old total but hey when you do the math as David Splane likes to say it brings you to 1925 AD the date for the kingdom of Palestine to be established on earth except it wasn't it was again just a load of twaddle now Shaddock highlights just how ridiculous this number crunching was when he points out that one weakness of this method was that if the turtle dove was two years old instead of a year, the kingdom would not be due until AD 2285. So there you go. We still have 264 years to go until the kingdom is established in Palestine, apparently today Jehovah's Witnesses, if they thought about it honestly, would read that prediction and just think it was crazy that Watchtower was grasping at straws, trying to make the numbers fit, and they'd be okay with that because it was written over 100 years ago. Old light, as they like to call it. But that realisation would only be because they have the benefit of hindsight and they know that the events predicted back then didn't come true. But this crazy grabbing at straws situation is ongoing. Currently, Watchtower promotes an overlapping generations doctrine to explain why the generation that was alive in 1914 have all died off without the end coming. It really is a ludicrous explanation, just as ludicrous as adding up the combined ages of a cow, sheep, and uh, a couple of pigeons. Only now, It's the age of Fred Franz when he was anointed in 1914, deducted from his age in 1992 when he died, added to the age of the average anointed person in 1992, added to... You get the idea. It's just rubbish. It really is. And it has absolutely no scriptural backing. But Jehovah's Witnesses swallow it hook, line and sinker because it's presented by the governing body who they believe to be god's spokesman so it must be true right except it no longer matters if it is true which it isn't by the way because when the prediction fails the governing body will just come up with a brand new interpretation and jehovah's witnesses will accept that as the truth again it's Just this never-ending relaunch of truth over and over, which surely makes a mockery of truth. The thing is, the Governing Body has positioned itself now so that anything it says is accepted as the truth. As far as Jehovah's Witnesses are concerned, the Governing Body is Jesus' faithful and discreet slave, and anything they say is the truth. But who says it is the governing bodies say so this is a perfect example of circular reasoning and it's nothing new way back in 1928 Shaddock noted that the bible students were guilty of what he called at the time reasoning in a circle on page 14 of the seven thunders he wrote Volume 7, page 5, says the scriptures show that the 7th volume must be written. How may we know that the scriptures mention volume 7? Volume 7 says so. Thus the Bible shows that volume 7 must be written to show that the Bible says it must be written. How can you argue with a logic like that? Even after Russell had died in 1916 and Rutherford had taken over control of the organisation, Watchtower continued to peddle ludicrous ideas, the boldest of these being Rutherford's 1920 claim that millions now living will never die. He made this claim because he'd calculated that the new world would arrive in the next five years. Now, I'm still not sure if that was daring or just plain stupid. But here is what Shaddock had to say about this failed prediction on page 24 of the Seven Thunders. Surely he knows that Mr Russell looked for the physical resurrection of the ancient worthies in 1914 because Mr Rutherford himself set the date forward 11 years. Let me quote Mr Rutherford on page 89. He says... Therefore, we may confidently expect that 1925 will mark the return of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and the faithful prophets of old, particularly those named by the apostle in Hebrews chapter 11 to the condition of human perfection. I am charged with persecution because I call attention to these guesses. If only one of the patriarchs had come back, either in 1914 or in 1925, it would have humbled me. But it appears that not one prophet nor one almanac will pay the least attention to their appointments. It seems to me that Rutherford was using a scattergun approach. Blast the landscape with dates and expectations, and maybe, just maybe, one of them would be right. Shaddock noted similar on page 23 of his booklet. There is an old saying, where there is much smoke, there must be some fire. Mr Rutherford seems to proceed on the theory that where there are many words, the public will think there is some truth, and the theory seems to work. I have not tried to count the number of times this slogan appears in this one book, but I've counted 95 appearances on the last 12 pages of the book. Watchtower uses a similar approach today, only instead of dates, they just keep repeating a promise, namely that we are standing on the threshold of the new world I recently counted the number of times they've stated this since 1950 and it's at least 45 times. The latest iteration being Patrick LaFranca on JW Broadcasting saying with a very straight face, now we stand at the very threshold of the new world. I suggest most likely we do not, but They just keep saying it at least once a year, if my calculations are correct, in the hope that at some point it will come true and they can say, there you go, we told you so. Meanwhile, for all the times their words fail, Watchtower just hopes you'll kind of forget. Shaddock made an interesting point about forgetting, actually, on page 27 of his booklet. Under the heading, Rutherford's Witnesses, he wrote, Many a witness has won the case for his side because he could not remember. To give convincing testimony in support of Mr Russell and Mr Rutherford, one needs to be a good forgetter. Probably no cult in human history has had occasion to forget so much in so short a time. Perhaps no other leader has had a following so willing to let him do their forgetting for them, as this Judge Rutherford. His Honour published a book in 1920. I have 19 of his books published since. These books contain advertisements of his other books, but not one of them advertises millions now living will never die. There are some things in this book the witnesses do not recite. To rightly appreciate the craftiness of this masterful man, one needs to know the previous history and doctrines of the cult. The witnesses have much to say about present truth, and I am classified as a persecutor because I have called attention to their truth that never arrived. Really, that's it in a nutshell. The truth that Watchtower has proclaimed for almost 150 years now simply hasn't happened nothing they have prophesied has ever come true it's just a long list of promises and dates and wishful thinking with absolutely no reason to believe that the bible even if it is from god is referring to this specific time in human history Watchtower has done what every other Bible-based religious cult does. It takes the scriptures and claims it's God's appointed mouthpiece. Then it interprets scripture prophecies and says its interpretations must be true because it's God's appointed mouthpiece. And when the predictions fail, it just resets the clock and sweeps the evidence of its failures under the carpet. That's why... I think, in my first judicial hearing for apostasy in 2006, I was told in no uncertain terms I should have never read the older Watchtower publications because I discovered the lies on which the organisation was built. It's common for Jehovah's Witnesses to complain when an apostate highlights the many falsehoods From their past, they ask, Why are you being so negative? Just look at the good things that came out of Russell's early work. Now we have a loving worldwide brotherhood being taught what is definitely the truth now. Well, Shaddock answered this on the final page of his booklet with these words The generous reader may ask, What's the use of fussing about this? 1874 wart that grew in the mind of mr russell why not accept the good that grew out of it just as a surveyor starts from a corner and gets every corner wrong if the first corner was wrong so mr russell made 1874 the beginning from which he surveyed scripture man god heaven earth and eternity. After deciding that God had revealed to him what was withheld from a million Bible scholars, teachers and preachers, it was logical to assume that he was God's greatest man on earth. So we find in Volume 7 that he was indeed the greatest in more than 1800 years and that he was able to take a responsibility previously carried by all the clergy on earth. Once a man of meagre learning gets the notion that he is God's one great interpreter on earth, there is no scripture that he cannot warp to fit his theories. That kind of says it all, I think. As far as truth is concerned, the Watchtower organization started off wonky and it's continued to build on the... 607 1914 chronology which is so obviously wrong sure if you want to belong to a cult that love bombs newly interested ones and shows conditional love to its members but then shuns you if you wish to officially leave go ahead but if the truth spiritual truth really matters to you you should know that jehovah's witnesses do not possess it They have a governing body of self-appointed men who claim to be Jesus' faithful and discreet slave with absolutely no evidence to that fact. Quite the opposite when you consider the many, many failed predictions they've made over the years. And what they teach now is just like shifting sand on a beach. Give it five years and what they teach as truth today will then be old light and forgotten about then they will come up with a new truth for its members to swallow rinse and repeat ad infinitum that's really how it is Shaddock ends his book with an apt illustration that applies as much to Jehovah's Witnesses today as it did to the Bible students in 1928 they have some plausible doctrines that they feed to beginners and reserve the camel swallowing until they have the beginner's gullet stretched. Every crafty propagandist starts with something easy to believe, knowing that when he has a mind on the skids, the rest is comparatively easy. There is no decoy duck like a live duck with his wings clipped, and there is no teaching more seductive than a truth geared up with error. Just remember that the next time a Jehovah's Witness calls at your door or sends you a letter promising you a better world, it sounds great, but it's a decoy duck designed to reel you in. Then, once captured, you will be fed year in, year out on cult propaganda and spiritual falsehoods until in the end you no longer know what real truth is. I think Shaddock did a masterful job of highlighting Watchtower's failed predictions. It's false prophecies, really. It's lame attempts at applying significant Bible prophecies to what were just mundane events and to itself and its circular reasoning. And you know what? Nothing has changed. Jehovah's Witnesses today are no different, really, except more people are involved The eight man governing body now sits arrogantly in a position of control over eight million plus members globally, one man per million. And their flock laps up whatever it says is the truth, however absurd it may be. Their minds are being numbed to anything truly spiritual as they are fed on sweet tales of paradise and pandas. And constant promises that it's coming anytime soon. In the meantime, they're continually asked to donate their time and money to an organisation that seems to have no plans of going out of business anytime soon. It is quite simply a business model and it works. It is, as Shadow correctly identified 93 years ago, a cult, one to be avoided You can download a copy of The Seven Thunders of Millennial Dawn from the Onion Unlimited website. Meanwhile, that's all from me for now. Thank you for listening in. I hope you can join me again soon.